you know, Aaron Rodgers and I, we, we probably don't have that much in common. He's in shape. I'm not. He still has the ability to grow long hair. I can't. He likes golf. I don't hate golf, but I'm certainly not playing in a tournament anytime soon. But we do have one very key thing in common. We're not playing for the 49ers next year. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. I am your host, John Delray. Hey, we got just a couple tidbits of news before we get rolling uh, into today's topic. Today's topic, of course, being who are a couple players who are definitely on the young side, some that are maybe lower on the roster, or I feel have just kind of been forgotten about. Because, hey, it's mock draft season. People are speculating as to what free agents are out there. And I think it's really important that we don't forget that Green Bay does have some young guys at some of these key positions that they may want a more full look at. And that could impact what they do this offseason. So I'm going to be reviewing a number of those guys. But hey, if you happen to be in the Fox Valley area, tomorrow I'm going to be at a memorabilia show, Wisco Collect. It's at the... Uh, uh, the Sunnyview Expo Center in Oshkosh. That's right, Saturday, February 4th. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be selling memorabilia as well. Uh, so stop by. Uh, even have a giveaway going on. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel and you're at the show, uh, then I have a giveaway uh, that I could potentially hook you up with. So uh, if you happen to be in the Fox Valley area, stop by Wisco Collect the show February 4th. Saturday runs from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Sunnyview Expo Center. So, you know, in terms of other news, not a ton since Wednesday. Of course, there's more and more Aaron Rodgers speculation. Ian Rappaport kind of weighed in, and he seemed to walk back a couple of his comments about a potential trade. Something that I find very interesting that Schefter, Rappaport, and Peter King have all said something and then walked it back. And the timing of which always seems to be walking back after Aaron Rodgers makes a comment on McAfee about wanting to have honest conversations with the Packers or uh, what he said even earlier this week, that the Packers are apparently having conversations with other teams that he doesn't know about, which is interesting in his words. So, you know, I, I just do find that interesting. I think all three reporters are acting in a significantly more consistent manner this year. I think that means something. They're not contradicting each other nearly as much as we've seen in years past as we go through this traditional offseason exercise with Aaron Rodgers. So I think it means something. But Rappaport this week, at least for his part, did walk back his comments saying that realistically, if Aaron Rodgers wants to go back to Green Bay, he probably goes back to Green Bay and Green Bay would not stop him. So other news than that, not a ton. So let's dive right into the topic. You know, the first player that I want to talk about, he's not at all a fringe player. He's not a practice squad guy. He's not He's not at risk of getting cut. In fact, we don't know how much he's going to play next year because, frankly, we don't know what exactly happened with his injury. I have not been able to find anywhere a clear statement of diagnosis for what happened to both his knee and ankle, and that would be Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes had kind of a nightmare sophomore campaign. And the reason why I bring about Stokes is because I see a lot of people talking about, you know, he had a bad sophomore year. 
the Packers could use their first round pick on a corner. It's possible. And I guess, yeah, sure, it's it's possible. I especially think it's more possible if Razul Douglas has moved to safety, which has been oft-rumored, and he did try a little bit in training camp last year. But, you know, when talking about the cornerback room, don't forget about Eric Stokes. And it feels so dumb to say, don't forget about a first-round pick from last year. But I feel like the addition of Razul, plus you've got all-world Jair, makes Eric Stokes kind of easy to forget sometimes. But, you know, the truth is, I mentioned he had a sophomore campaign, you know, of, of nightmares, and it's kind of true. His PFF grade as a rookie came in at 65.5. This year it dropped to 12 points, all the way down to 53.7. He was basically worse in every single category, including, in terms of grading, a 17-point drop in run defense. His run defense got substantially worse. You can even tell by his missed tackle percentage, which shot up from 7% up to 16.1%. Even in coverage, the, his catches allowed percent went up, which I kind of thought, you know, when I first found that number, I thought, all right, well, maybe, maybe the percentage went up because he was playing a lot of zone. So that's fine. Like, you could give up a high percentage of catches and still be a very good corner in the zone scheme. You just have to bring him down right away, right? The problem with Eric Stokes is that catch percentage went up, but so did his yards per catch. And that ain't good. That ain't good at all. And he didn't give up that many long bombs this year that really caused him to, you know, have that number ratcheted up on a non-consistent basis. What I'm saying is there wasn't some 99-yard catch that dragged the entire average up. His long on the year was like a 41-yard catch that he gave up. So, that ain't good. And yet, schematically, sure, some things were different, but in terms of alignment, where he was being slot versus outside was almost the same as his rookie year. So, Eric Stokes took a major step back this year. But the thing is, why I think he's still a very much a part of the Packer future is look at that rookie year. Look at his last year in college. His final year in college at the University of Georgia, he gave up only an 18.5 quarterback rating in man coverage. That was the lowest in the country. As a rookie, as a rookie last year, he allowed one of the smallest like gaps of separation between corner and wide receiver in the entire NFL, not just for rookies, across the entire NFL in man defense. He, to me, defensively, is a prime bounce-back candidate. But there are questions that remain. How is Joe Barry going to use him? And I know, I know, a lot of you want Joe Barry gone, and I don't blame you at all. I'm not the biggest Joe Barry hater, but I certainly have my concerns and questions. For instance, why is Eric Stokes, after having that reputation at Georgia, reading his scouting reports coming out of college as a man press corner with the speed to make up for it if his press misses. And then you look at the rookie stats where he had that small rate of separation. Why is he playing zone ever? Like, I know you can't play man all the time. I get it. But why? So if he's used correctly and he's healthy, Eric Stokes could vastly improve the Packers' secondary over what it was for much of this year. I think it's coming. Let's move on to the other guys. You know, a lot of these guys are a lot 
of lesser renown. These aren't first-round picks that we're talking about. A little bit more, I wanted to kind of stop talking about Aaron Rodgers today. I wanted to stop talking about just the massive headlines and dive a little bit deeper into the roster. So, you know, the first person I'm going to talk about isn't even one person. It's a group. It's a collective because we don't know what ranking these guys have amongst each other, and that would be offensive tackles Caleb Jones, Rashid Walker, and Luke Tenuta. I mean, all three of these guys showed massive potential here and there. You know, Walker and Jones, Jones more so, but even dating back to training camp last preseason, Caleb Jones, the mountain of a man, had an incredibly impressive training camp. Yeah, but then Tenuta, he was a mid-season addition Rashid Walker was injured for much of training camp. Caleb Jones, then once we got into the season, had that long stint on the non-football injury list. So this is this is a collective with a ton of questions, and yet a collective with a lot of potential. All three of them massive human beings who have shown at one time that the Packers are keeping them around for a reason. Caleb Jones coming off that remarkably strong training camp last year. Rashid Walker is a seventh-round pick improved drastically from everything that's been reported throughout the course of the year. And then Tanuta, the one time that he actually saw game action, had PFF grades in the 70s across the board. So that collective, depending on what happens with Yash Nyman, whether he's tendered or not, which I think he will be, but even if he's tendered, he could still go elsewhere. Some team with way more money than the Packers could be intrigued by Yash Nyman's potential. We know that. Okay, so you're probably elevating Zach Tom up to the starting role, right? But as we know, tackle depth is invaluable. And Caleb Jones, Rasheed Walker, Luke Dine- all these guys have been kept for a year for a reason. Could offensive line be picked in the first or second round and completely blow this? And Caleb Jones and all these guys are cut by next August? Yeah, it could happen. But at the same time, all three of these players have shown some kind of potential that the Packers have held on to them this long. And I think it's going to come into fruition next year. Number two, going to go with wide receiver, seventh-round pick, Samare Toure. Now, I'm not as high on Toure as a number of other people. I know a lot of people just feel as though his college tape was something incredible and he's, and he's, he's ready for more work in the Packers' offense. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't go back and watch all of his college tape as a seventh-round receiver. But here's what I do know. I mean, six foot one, 191 pounds. It's rumored that he's put on more weight since then to now cross over the 200 barrier. But in his rookie year, he had, what, he was five catches on nine targets for 82 yards and a touchdown. Not at all bad. And I talked about that in the rookie review just a few weeks ago. But the thing with Toure is he has the size. He's got the speed. And he showed with his 37-yard touchdown against Buffalo that he's got the instincts two. So he is someone who could contribute. What I did find interesting diving into his numbers, though, is he lined up in the slot approximately 63% of his snaps, something that I didn't entirely inspect for someone who's, you know, not that he's overly tall, but I just didn't predict him to go there. So Toure is someone, depending on if Alan Lazard signs elsewhere, If Randall Cobb goes elsewhere, which is entirely possible on both accounts, all these guys in the bottom of the roster are going to move up one notch. Will the Packers address wide receiver in the draft? Oh, almost certainly. Are they probably still going to go sign a veteran even if they lose uh, Cobb and Lazard? Yeah, absolutely. 
But Samari Toure could find himself as wide receiver four next year. Which is a lot higher than he was this year. Just something to keep in mind. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball now. I'm going to go, again, this is not a guy who's on the fringe of being released like some of the other offensive tackles or maybe even Toure. By the way, one side note about Toure that I didn't say just a minute ago. He didn't really play on special teams this year. He was active from week seven on through the end of the year. And yet he really didn't play special teams at all. Which is not the best look for a seventh round receiver. So what I say, Toure may not even make the roster. It is possible. And part of it could be because he didn't play teams. Now, moving on, TJ Slayton. This is a guy who is no risk of not making the roster. But again, in the same mold as Eric Stokes, I think that this is someone who sometimes is forgotten about. Because I've even saw on Twitter this morning, uh, one of the Packers, like, legit beat reporters was talking about how Wyatt's continuing to developing and then they got Kenny. But ultimately, the Packers still need defensive line help. And I agree, they do need more defensive line help. But if Jerron Reed moves on in free agency and Dean Lowry, who I think is done, moves on as well, that means that you have a starting three, realistically, of Devontae Wyatt at one end, Kenny Clark at the other end, and TJ Slayton is your true nose. Now... TJ Slayton did perform pretty well this year. It was up and down. But what I'll say is he only had 333 snaps versus Jerron Reed, who had over 700 snaps this year. So TJ Slayton, along with Devontae Wyatt, are not only prepped, groomed, ready to go for a bigger role next year, but it's time that they got that bigger role. And I think as we're talking about the needs of the defensive line, which is certainly a need, we shouldn't forget that TJ Slayton is there and holding his own. Moving on to the next one, number four. And you know, I besides Eric Stokes, who's a little bit different because he's a bounce back candidate, I really kind of struggled to see like who in the secondary is a young one that can play a bunch more, someone who like we should factor into the roster building and uh, there's not a lot there. But what I can say is, again, seventh round pick of last year, Tariq Carpenter. Now, when Carpenter was first picked, we weren't quite sure. Is he going to be playing inside linebacker? Is he going to be playing safety? There were rumors about where he's going to go. But then he played special teams a lot and wound up being one of the best flyers on the team, or gunners, as they were traditionally called. So he showed that he has the prowess to tackle in the open field. Is safety depth enough of a concern where we're going to see Tariq Carpenter legitimately start playing more safety? Yeah, I think it's totally possible. He did get a tiny bit of safety action during the year. By all counts, it went fine, but not fine enough to where like he was getting more playing time thereafter. So ultimately, end of the day, don't forget about Tariq Carpenter because he could start getting some snaps at safety if that position winds up being as shallow as it's projected to be, barring some real renovation occurring there throughout the course of the offseason for the Packers. Last guy I'm going to talk about happens to be another wide receiver, actually. I'm going to go back that way. And this is the last guy that I want to talk about. He was added late in the year, Bo Melton. Yeah, yeah, Bo Melton spent most of the time on the practice squad, but... I just kind of dove into Bo Melton a little bit too, and I just want to read off uh, some stats where he's five foot 11, 189 pounds. It's small for a Packers receiver in basically every regard, but his 40 yard dash is 4.34. His three cone, 6.98. 
According to Bleacher Report, this is his scouting report coming out of college pre-last year. Positives. Good burst with the ball in his hands. Gets the most out of gadget plays. Flashes some explosive playability after the catch. Tough and willing to scrap with larger defenders when blocking. <laughs> Adequate hands as a pass catcher. Valuable special teams player in college. Negatives. Average size and can have issues facing press. Yeah, he... Yeah, he... he He's 5'11", 189 pounds. I'm not shocked. No one should be shocked by that. And then the other negative is waivers on his routes. Inconsistent path can mess with concept timing. Now, there is something of an art, and route running is instinctual, but it also can be taught. So if Bull Mountain can be taught that more adequately, suddenly that weakness doesn't have to be such a weakness anymore. But here you have a guy who ran a 4-3-4-40, a guy who has a lot of special teams prowess, a guy who in college was used as a gadget, something that we haven't really seen utilized as much as recently when we used to see it all the time with Tyler Irvin. So can Bo Melton fill that role? More motion in the offense? Are they comfortable returning to that style of offense? It's Aaron Rodgers if he comes back. But Bo Melton is a guy who was a nondescript pickup. I know some people were excited about him because they loved his college tape, but he was relatively nondescript, impactful pickup middle of the year. He is a guy that could turn some heads in 2023. So those are the young guys. Eric Stokes, bounce back candidate. But the rest, guys that are kind of on the bottom of the roster that we may see a lot more of in 2023. Caleb Jones, Rashid Walker, Luke Tenuta, however that works out at tackle. Uh, because we don't really know the ranking there. Samari Toure, Bo Melton, Tree Carpenter, and then a little, little TJ Slayton, even though his roster spot's not in jeopardy at all. Thanks so much for checking out this video. Remember, I'm in Oshkosh tomorrow, so you happen to be in the Fox Valley. Stop by the Expo Center. I would love to meet you. Uh, thanks so much for checking out this video. Happy, hope you have a great weekend. I will be back on Monday talking more Packers as we get closer and closer and closer to the actual off-season. So, have a great weekend, and as always, Go Pack Go!